So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, I'm Miss H, and today Mr. O and I will be discussing episode four of season five, Life After Lockup. On this episode, Derek questions Monique's innocence in her feud with his sisters. Chance and Taylor see a financial planner. Justine and Michael prepare for a visit to Vegas. Lindsay meets Blaine's dad. Cameron meets Eris's PO friend. And Sean tries to seduce Sarah with a hot tub in the living room. If you like what you hear, please give us a rating. And if you watch 90 Day Fiance, check out our other podcast channel, 90 Day MK, Teachable Moments with Miss H and Mr. O. Thanks and enjoy. Hello, Miss H. Hello, Mr. O. How are things going with you? Things are crazy, which is why we're recording on a Sunday. We are getting into our busy season. You with coaching lacrosse, me with just, I don't know. I have a work meeting that ended up being on a Mondays now, so. Yeah, but it also feels like, I don't know what it is about the spring. Everybody wants to add all the extra work stuff happens like in the spring. I don't well, know why. Yeah. And also like part of why today is so crazy is because we are doing social stuff, right? People want to get out and socialize because it's getting a little bit warmer. Well, it may be there. I think today is the coldest day it's been in a month here. It's been, so we're <laughs> yeah. going to get there eventually. Yeah. Well, speaking of socializing, uh, why don't we jump into Eris and Cameron? Because they also had a lovely day at the beach, enjoying that warmer weather Mm -hmm. uh, down in Florida. But Eris is wearing her wig, Susie. Cameron and Eris are in the car talking about fixing up the house. Cameron says that he has some money, but Eris wants to know where it's coming from because she doesn't want her or her daughter, Lena, caught up in anything illegal. Cameron says that you know, she's starting to sound like his PO. He says that he has to get used to the idea of people having a say in his financials since he's married now. Eris's friend Priscilla calls while they are at the furniture store because she wants to set up a meeting so she can finally meet Cameron. While, meanwhile, Cameron is checking out the best kind of mirror for, as he claims, filming porn. Eris tells Cameron about the beach picnic and Cameron gives some looks, but goes along with it. Priscilla, Eris's friend, is a former corrections officer, and they meet up with her and uh, Eris's daughter, Lena. Cameron is focused on hanging out with Lena while Eris and Priscilla talk about the big date. Uh, the date, like the nice dinner they had outside on the beach uh, the mm-hmm. night before. Priscilla suggests that, you know, maybe money was stacked up before he went to prison. Priscilla suggests that... Eris asks a lot of questions, and if Cameron loves her, he'll be honest with her about where the money is coming from. Priscilla and Cameron get a chance to talk while Lena and Eris practice TikTok dances. Cameron tells Priscilla that he's been hustling his whole life. Cameron talks about how much he loves Eris. Priscilla says she's seen this play out with other inmates and sees how it ends, but Cameron says that it won't end like that with them. Priscilla says she does hope that it works out, but if not, he'll have to answer to her. He tells her respectively that uh, he only answers to one woman, and that's his wife, Eris. All right, so uh, do you think Priscilla was too hard on Cameron, or do you think she was the right amount of, you know, I, I guess she's playing the role of protective family member, close friend. Right, you right. Know? Yeah, I, don't, I didn't think she was, like, totally out of line. Mm-hmm. I guess. Um, I mean, I think it was, you know, TV wise, like we need to gin up some drama here. Say something, right. something, something. Right. And so 
I get where it's kind of like thing, but it wasn't like she was as aggressive as many of the other people we see here. Oh, I mean, yeah. even in even in terms of like the vague threats she would make about it, right? It was just like, you know, oh, you got to do this. You got to take care of your stuff, you know. And, you know, kind of maybe giving him the reminder that he doesn't seem to like be bucking up against of like, mm -hmm. okay, how he used to do things like kind of ain't going to work anymore. <laughs> right, right. So what did you think about Cameron's reaction to his conversation with Priscilla? I actually thought Cameron did a really good job this episode of – Kind of bottling his instinct, bot bottling up his instincts. Mm -hmm. Like I think both times, like two times, anybody had been to any money. Like you could tell he just had the visceral reaction of "You can't. I'm not gonna. I don't owe you an explanation. I, told, I my money is mine. Don't you worry about." Like he wanted to do that, right? But that right. was like, wait, stop! Don't do that. That's dumb. Like because yeah. he did it with there and in the furniture store. He was like. Yeah, but I'm married now, so I guess I have to get used to that. He was like, I don't like right. talking to people about where my money comes from or where it goes. But I guess I have to do that now. <laughs> yeah, no, I really appreciated that, too. Um, I thought he told her, you know, in a very respectful way, like, I appreciate that, you know, you have to say what you have to say, but I answer to my wife, which I think is absolutely fair because, you know, it's like, why anyone meddles so much, um, you know, like just even the way they phrase it, like, you know, to have family members like threaten someone else for what they did in, you know, someone else's relationship. Right. I get that it's coming from a place of love and caring for, you know, their family member or friend. But, mm -hmm. you know, relationship isn't or shouldn't really be about you know, the entire family and everybody else, like, kind of taking audience. It just, it seems like everything should be between them. And, you know, I think it's perfectly, uh, you know, reasonable for someone to say, hey, look, I really care about my friend or family. Um, I am really concerned for them. Um, you know, I just want to say that I don't want to have to be the person to be there for them if things go wrong. I really want you to know that, uh, you know, I hope that you're going to be the kind of person we all hope you're going to be, you know, without these kind of like threats. But I mean, yeah. if the point is to really get across that other people are paying attention to what you're doing, mm -hmm. you know, it's like I think you can get that across without having to threaten people. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. It's like it, it's you know just letting you know that this is a person that people care about, mm -hmm. like, and this is a person that you know isn't just not just you are involved here in, and 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 you know watch out. And yes, you're right. Other people are paying attention. Doesn't have to be like oh, I'm an ex corrections officer. I'm a person. I'm <laughs> right. a private investigator. I know who to call to make you disappear. Like we don't need that part, <laughs> right. right? Yeah. Like because like. I don't know. It's also I, I tend to find, especially people like Cameron. I don't think threats are gonna. He doesn't care. No, like, he doesn't care. He's gonna be scared because I, I was gonna take advantage of her, but you said that. And now I'm scared, oh, and I'm not gonna right. do it. That's not, he's not gonna react like that. Yeah, because he, at the end of the day, he said exactly what I think he means. Like he just cares if he's upset, Eris. Right? It doesn't. Right. 
matter to him that it includes Eris's friend as well. And now he's upset two people like that doesn't matter to him. Right. Right. I mean, at, at, the, at the end of the day, it was a respectfully that's none of your business, like, right. which it it kind of is. Right. Like and this is from somebody who doesn't come who doesn't, you know, get this stuff. Right. It's like, um, you know, for people, because I come across as a good partner, the people are like, oh, I'm glad you found that person and not like, I'm afraid this person is scamming you and they're not good for you. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I don't get it. But it was like, I, I don't know how I would react to somebody being like, I just need to let you know I have my eye on you. It was like, why? OK. Like, that's weirdly threatening. OK. Well, I also think like as a father. You know, you get that a whole lot, like the whole like uh, cliche, oh. like daddy has a shotgun kind of situation. Yeah, you know? I, think that's, I think that's bullshit. I know. I think that's so weird. And I, I I, can't imagine you being that kind of dad either where you're like, well, let me meet. Let me meet this young man and show him that or let him know that I've got weapons in the house. You know, it's like, uh, no, like, no, I, I don't want like, like why would I want. <laughs> Like, especially, why would I want somebody who is, like, bodily afraid of me to be married to my, my, to be my son-in-law? That doesn't make any sense at all. No. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I I don't know anything, anything kind of else. I mean, I do. The other thing I think with him is we saw it a lot. He's really good with that daughter. Oh, he is. And from the moment that I saw him with Lena... That was kind of the moment where I'm like, all right, this guy just isn't all talk because he definitely kind of comes off as like someone who is very good at schmoozing people. You know, Mm -hmm. he knows kind of the right things to say. And in a way where you're kind of like, "Hmm, I don't know, maybe you're full of shit, you know. Right, right, right. But then when he's you can't bullshit kids. Right. And just his relationship with her seems so genuine that you're just like, all right, well, what would the point of bullshitting a kid be anyway? Right? You right. can't get anything from them. So it's like, no, he actually really enjoys this kid. And he's actually really trying to be, you know, a important person in this, in her life. So, I mean, I appreciate that. Yeah, I really like seeing yeah. their relationship too. Yeah, definitely, for sure. All right, so let's go ahead and skip to the other side of the spectrum of relationships that between family members that don't need to happen. That's Derek and Monique. So after last week's fight, uh, Monique drives off and Elizabeth and Aubriana are like recovering from the fight in the car. So like their hair is messed up and their nails are cracked and they're both like out of breath and Aubriana just keeps going like, Like, there's a lot of moaning. There's a lot of moaning. moaning. (laughs) (laughs) So Derek straight up as right here blames Monique for the entire thing. And it was like, because yeah, whatever they were arguing, they were hollering, but they went back to the car and it didn't turn physical until Monique tried to like open the driver's side door while they were, while the sisters were sitting in the car. Mm. So he's just like, well, at that point you cornered him and you know, cornered people are going to do this. So Derek is all just like ranting about like, blah, blah, blah. I don't care who's mad at me. Uh, I just wanted everything to be good. I just, Thought I could just keep putting these two mortal nemesis in the same place and I it would know. just work Why this does time. He think? Like he just wanted to have a fun birthday celebration with everybody who says they're happy he's home, but doesn't seem like anybody really is. Um, but he seems to be most like upset and understandably so that like, you know, 
at the end of the day, he's the one that's that's convicted and he's the one that was in jail and he's the one on probation. So if there's a false altercation and the police show up, it's putting him in, it's putting his freedom in jeopardy. Yeah. So anyway, they go to Monique's side of the story and she says that she's just given up. I'm never seeing those sisters again. Um, she's given them plenty of opportunities and they never come correct. And this is the last straw. So neither of Neither of them need to really seem to know where this relationship is because Monique's like, I don't know, I can't be a part of that family. And Derek, you know, he wishes that Monique had just more elegance and class than that. And at this point, he recognizes that he has to make a choice between her, his sisters and his girl, but he doesn't know and he's not ready to make that decision yet. All right. So, I mean, this was pretty squarely, everybody in total agreement, not surprising from the sisters that... 100% 100% Monique's fault. Monique, all the, all of it, Monique's fault. And do you do you buy that? Yeah, I don't know. I think that she was certainly provoking them by being in, you know, their face mm-hmm. and, you know, walking up. But at the end of the day, like, Derek, let's acknowledge the fact that who charged who, right? Yep. Who right. came running at who like a bull, You know, it was your sisters. But I think why this was a different take for Derek is I think he just expects this out of his sisters. Right. He knows who Mm -hmm. they are. And I think he has been kind of taking Monique's side in this because he kind of sees her as being the victim in a lot of ways. Um, And so for him to see oh, hey, now she's not always innocent. She is the one kind of baiting them sometimes and, you know, maybe more low key, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. instigating things without making it super obvious. Like Monique wasn't the one that charged his sisters because that would have been super obvious. Right. But Monique wouldn't let it go. You know, like they were in the car. Like what purpose did it serve to go over there and kind of get in their face one last time. Like, you asked for it. So I I get that Derek, it seemed like he was putting the blame kind of squarely on Monique. But mm-hmm. I think it's more so that he's realizing, oh, you know, she has more of a role in continuing this feud than yeah. I've kind of given her credit for in the past. Yeah, and I, 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 I'm, not, I'm kind of surprised he didn't, Get that because he, I don't know, this whole fight happened and the word he used was elegance. And I was yeah. like, elegance? You think she's, yeah, classy. Like, you think she's a classy lady that classy, she wouldn't do that? Yeah, I thought, mm-hmm. I thought she had more class than that. But like, I don't know why he did because she gives, the other sisters may have started this stuff on social media too. Mm-hmm. But she, the reason it continues is because Monique continues to engage. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right. And like. That's that's kind of where it was, too. Like she she just cannot be like be the bigger person, whatever. Fine. You guys mm-hmm. run your mouths. I'm, I'm, I'm out. All right. She doesn't do that. She doesn't just block them on social media and not say anything. She's got to say something back. She can't just let them get in the car and drive away. She's got to get the last word. Right. Well, that doesn't make it her fault, because I agree with you. One person initialized the charging and it was yeah. not Monique. Right. <laughs> and so. But I think you're also onto something, too, that like he just is like, well, that's just who my sisters are. Of course, mm-hmm. if you provoke them like that, they're going to charge at you. You should have known better than to to to, to provoke them. So, like, I just it's just an awful 
situation. I, I'm, I was a little bit curious as to, you know, it's always the same question we have with Derek. He's like, well, now I have to choose between my sisters and my girl. And it's just like, it doesn't seem like you like your girl very much, no, well, given all the cheating you're doing on her. Oh, that, like, sure. Like, why would you choose the girl? Like, that's so weird. Yeah, but it, I don't know. Maybe he just doesn't know how to have a healthy relationship with anyone, right? Because mm-hmm. th- it doesn't even seem like he really likes his sisters either. No, it doesn't. Right? Sure. He kind of is always telling them, at least, like... You guys weren't there for me. Why should I care what you think? You know, like she was there for me, you know. So he's saying one thing, but then behaving differently. So I think in all cases with his sisters, with Monique, his words don't match up with his actions. Right. He tells his sisters he doesn't like them yet. He continues to kind of stick up for them and, you know, try to make things work and hang out with them and act like everything's fine, you know. And then he's telling Monique that he loves her. That's his girl. And then he's going around cheating on her. So it's like, I don't know what he says and what he does seem to be like two different Derek's. Yeah. I mean, my suspicion for the sisters is they were not communicating with him at all. Like they were nothing. Mm -hmm. There was nowhere, nothing. Until they found out who's going to be on TV. And then all oh, of a sudden sure. it was like, oh, hey, we're, yeah. We're oh, yeah. big, we support our baby brother. That's right. Mm-hmm. Right. Because like, they are certainly hamming it up for the yes. cameras. And so, yes. yeah, I think I, I absolutely agree with you that I think that they are just in it for the two second reality show uh, fame, you know, and if that means causing drama for Derek and Derek is just like, I can't tell if he's an active participant in wanting this drama or if he genuinely just seems fed up because once again, it's like he says one thing, but then behaves differently. Like the frustration on his face, you're just like, he's done. Right. But then he's like, Oh, well, let's try mend these fences. It's like, how many times can you make the same dumbass mistake? These people don't want to be friends or civil or even civil to each other. And like, right. just uh, well, I think at this time, if we put them in the same room, that then it'll then it'll get better. Right. But I mean, he lost the, He lost some diamonds out of his watch this time. It just, oh, yeah. Now, it just now my reaction, my reaction to this, if this had happened for people that I knew and people that cared about me, my reaction would be. Yeah, I'm done with all of you. Right. I, like all of you. All uh, does this team, this team, that's it. I no, we don't need to, we don't need to talk to each other for well, a while. What I thought was weird is like how are the sisters going to get in this fight with Monique and somehow Derek is the one who gets punished because they won't let him back in the car. They're like, get your own ride. And he has to Uber wherever because he's like, wait, what? You're not letting <laughs> me in the car? Yeah, it's very weird. Yeah, very weird. All right. So let's go ahead and move on. Uh, It seems like there is a lot of family going on. So let's move on to Lindsay and Blaine because we get to meet a family member in this Mm -hmm. episode. I mean, what should I say? Yep. <laughs> I think that's a southern thing, right? <laughs> uh, so Lindsay is trying to make a plan on how to raise money uh, for the lawyer that Blaine is going to need, uh, but she doesn't know that Blaine has accepted the house arrest deal, and for some reason, you know, just 
doesn't want to tell Lindsay because he claims he wants to surprise her and show that he can handle his business. Blaine also thinks that she might be irritated that she wasn't part of the decision-making process, so now he has to find exactly the right time to tell her. In the meantime, she still thinks they have to pay $15,000 for a lawyer. So Lindsay has people who owes her money, like her friend Six, who owes her $800 for bonding her out of jail. So she decides to call and try to collect. But Lindsay doesn't ask for her money be, uh, back from Six because, uh, you know, Six isn't doing so well, but does ask her to collect the money from her other friends that owe, which amounts to about $4,200. Lindsay rubs it in Blaine's face that she's the one taking action, and Blaine tells her that he wants to handle this on his own, until and until he asks for help, she doesn't really have to do anything. Lindsay wants him to take this more seriously, and Blaine is stressed, so he goes outside. Lindsay is begging him to let her help him, and he says that she can help just by calming down. Lindsay is frustrated that he doesn't have a plan. Later, Michael, Blaine's dad, calls him to because he wants to drop in for a visit. Blaine says his dad hasn't always been there for him, especially since his dad was in and out of prison when he was a kid. But lately, he's been stepping up and becoming more of a father figure for Blaine. Michael arrives and introduces himself as Pops to Lindsay as they hug. Pops tells Lindsay immediately that Blaine would marry her right now. Lindsay just nervously laughs because she had no idea Pops would be so blunt. Blaine tells Pops how they met through Lindsay's cousin, and they had ended up selling drugs together. Pops tells Lindsay how Blaine was a good wingman for him, getting dates when he was younger. Lindsay actually has to leave to meet up with her daughter, and Pops tells her he feels good about her and he loves her because he knows Blaine loves her. Pops tells Blaine that Lindsay is too sharp for him. <laughs> Lindsay is shopping with her daughter, Miley Grace, talking about how she lost her virginity at 14 to Miley's dad. Lindsay says that she's happy Miley doesn't want to date, especially during basketball season, because she's too busy, because Lindsay actually found out she was pregnant before she was supposed to play in a basketball game. Lindsay says that she started selling drugs because of the financial struggles from being such a young mom, and she doesn't want Miley to be robbed of a childhood like she was. Lindsay tells Miley about Blaine's charges and that she's scared to lose her family. Even Lindsay's mom likes Blaine because she says it's the healthiest relationship she's ever been in. Back at home, Blaine tells Pops about his deal about his house arrest and wants Pops to go with him to the arresting officer's house. Pops is really confused why he didn't tell Lindsay, but thinks that generally this is pretty good news. Blaine just hopes that he doesn't regret taking this deal. Okay, why on earth is Blaine keeping this a secret? Freaking Lindsay is running around frantically trying to get this money she thinks that they need, and he is not telling her what is wrong with him. It makes no sense at all. Like the old, it, it, it has to be just for drama for the show. Like yeah. there's no way. It it makes she's yeah she's literally like, oh my god, I have to do all this stuff, and I'm so stressed about the possibility that you might go back to Jenny. All the stuff that she's like, just absolutely like gonna gonna you know, bust a brain cell in her, a blood vessel in her head trying to figure out. And he already has solved the problem and won't just, ah, uh, this isn't the right time to tell her. Like, what What, do you, what doesn't make any sense. Right, like, yeah. Like, he has a solution to all of their problems that he's already accepted and is just like, oh, I want to show her that I can take care of things. It's like, yes, 
Now, when she's time to talk to you about how we're going to get this money and how we're going to deal with you going back to prison. Now is the time when you tell right. her that you can take care of things. Yeah, because that's the part that I don't understand. How is putting it off proving any further that he is taking care of business? He's already taking care of business. You know, yes. it's essentially a done deal. So I don't really understand why he's saying that that's the reason, unless that's not really the reason. I think he did say something that I think is a hint to more of maybe what the reason is. And he said that, you know, he thinks that she'll be irritated. She wasn't part of the decision-making process. So I wonder if he was concerned that Lindsay would try to talk him out of this deal and try to fight it instead, you know, because maybe he wouldn't have to have any uh, you know, penalties or any kind of time, even house arrest time. But I don't well, think she would do that. So well, I don't I guess, understand. I guess the question is, I wonder what we don't have heard about is how, how his work prospects look during house arrest time. Yeah. Right. Because if he can't work, that's a much bigger issue. Um, right. Because now she's got to yeah. make all the money. Now, I don't think that it was like, sorry, uh, you can't work. It just. I don't know what the downsides were of the house arrest. Right. right. It just sounded like a perfect, this is the best you're going to get. Like, this isn't going to happen. The lawyer isn't going to charge them the lawyer fees now. Right. So she's worrying about coming up with money that they literally don't need anymore. Yeah. Um, however, it seemed like a lot of money got spent because that house was done. Yeah. Like, last time we saw the house, it was, like, completely gutted. Like, uh-huh. the porch was full of things. Is that even the same house? Like, that had to take weeks. This has to be weeks later, at least, if it's the same house. Yeah. I mean, it's really hard to tell timeline-wise, like, what's going on. Uh, but, you know, I just – I th- we don't know the details of his house arrest either, too, right? right. Maybe he is allowed to go to work. And I think that's usually pretty common, actually, yeah. is like, you, 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 yeah, you can go to work, you can come home, but that's it. You can only go to work. That's the only right. place you're allowed to go. Right. Yeah. And then whoever else is living there has to handle everything else. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't we don't know the actual terms, so we don't really understand why exactly this might be something Lindsay wouldn't want. But I just yeah, I, I can only assume at this point it has to be for the drama. Otherwise, <sighs> Pops has it right. Lindsay's way sharper than Blaine because this is like the dumbest thing you could do. Yeah. Yeah. And I I was a little confused by that by that phrase. Is he saying she's too sharp for you as in like she's going to outsmart you and figure this out, you dummy? Or she's too smart for you, sharp for you, meaning like, oh, yeah, she's going to figure out you're a dumbass and leave you. Like, yeah. I don't know what he meant I by took it to too mean sharp that. for you. <laughs> like, I took it to mean like, mm, she's too good for you. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think sharp like, oh, she's she's smart. She knows what's going on. Like, just. She's going to figure out what garbage you are and leave you. So just. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. And, and, and I don't know. Pop, Pops was something. And that's why I did that thing at the beginning. Pops is like. Oh. <laughs> like uh, but I thought it was kind of, you know, interesting about like because he I don't know. Isn't don't all I feel like all parents kind of do that. Right. I don't know. Maybe it's just mine because my parents maybe asked, maybe are at my dad specifically, maybe he's an asshole, but like, oh, you know, he immediately came in with the, ah, did he tell you about this? Huh? Did he tell you about this other time? Like, yeah. you sure you know what you're getting into? 
Yeah. I mean, I feel like my mom would probably do something like that, but not in a way that's like trying to throw me under the bus, but literally in a way where she thinks it's funny. So I don't know. Maybe it's like like dad jokes, right? Like he thinks it's funny, like bringing up embarrassing things about Blaine. For sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I do think that I do think that's it. But they I, they definitely have heard the guys over the under the guise of you sure you know what you're getting into? <laughs> Let me tell you about this guy. All right. Um, so let's move on and let's talk. Oh, man, we got lots of dummies to talk about. But let's yeah. talk about let's talk about Sarah and Sean, actually. So we start with Sarah and she's taking Abby to meet Anthony. So she says that it's just a trial run and introduces him as mom's friend, not, you know, your dad. So, of course, Sean doesn't know anything about this and Sarah does realize that it's pretty hypocritical of her. So she even went so far as to say, you know, don't mention this to Sean when she talks to Abby, which is just that's bad. That's not good. (laughs) So but she does recognize that just saying that might not be sufficient because kids are terrible at keeping secrets. So anyway, Anthony shows up while they're on the swing and they, when he gets there, he and him and Abby start to play in the jungle gym. And Abby says he's overjoyed with the, Abby, Anthony says he's overjoyed with the experience and really feels a connection to his daughter who he says looks just like him. So he wonders if there might be a time that they'll get, be able to tell her that he is her father. And Sarah says that maybe one day when he, but he's got a lot to prove before she's ready for that. And he totally understands, or at least he is going to say he totally understands because this dude is just going along to try to get back in with Sarah. So because he makes it pretty clear that he's still in love with Sarah and is really also doing this to try to get her back. So while they're playing, Sean, we see Sean calls Sarah's phone a lot and she doesn't pick up like a lot. We see the list of many missed calls. So Sarah says she's super happy in her relationship with Sean. So lies to us, but is torn about what to do. Anyway, back at the house, Sean looks like he's getting ready for a romantic surprise, which is a blow-up hot tub that he sets up in the living room. That sounds uh, dangerous. It was weird. Um, <laughs> but he said he was hoping that they would put it together, together, but she wasn't home and wasn't answering the phone. So she just but she was just like, we were playing at the, at the play. We were playing with the at the playground, whatever. It's fine. But then he kind of, in front of Abby, not so cryptically says that the plan is to have sex in the hot tub later. God. Um, so that makes Sarah feel more guilty about hiding Anthony from him. They also don't let Abby get in the hot tub. Like, now, he's like, it's still warming up. You can't get in. I don't know. I don't – but – as bad as Sarah might feel about it, I don't feel bad because we have to see more of Sean in his underwear. I know. Why is this always happening? <laughs> so he's like strips down to his underwear and he's uh like lighting all the candles in the room to try to make <laughs> make it romantic and failing awfully at pouring champagne. Not only does he pop the cork across the room, but he overflows the glass. God. And it's mostly bubbles and like all barely bubbles, champagne. The, yeah. So anyway, uh, when she gets downstairs, he's got everything ready. He's in the hot tub. But Sarah's just too tired to join him. So now it's his turn to be frustrated that the big romantic, you know, sexy time he set up uh, to try to do something spicy only gets rejected by somebody who just is too tired. So he he actually is correct. One time he is correct <laughs> in that he guesses that I feel like there's something else going on. I don't think you're just tired. But she denies and gets really defensive about it. So 
He says, fine, well, I'll just enjoy my own thing and turns on the bubbles and like just sits there with his arms spread wide with champagne glass in one hand and like chocolate or something in another hand what that he's eating. Pig. And it's just like, you're missing out on a great time. In <laughs> Again, the blow up hot tub in the living room. That's, uh, oh so my gosh, that's a disaster waiting to happen. It, it just sounds like an awful experience altogether. It just, I'm, I'm, I'm going to look it up here in a second. But I mean, I guess my question is, my, well, my concern, what I'm thinking about here is Sarah was super hypocritical this episode. Oh, yeah. I thought so, too. Um, I thought that she did exactly the same thing that Sean did uh, to her. You know, I'm too tired to, like, have sexy time. And she's pretty much, like, trying to as well. Mm-hmm. Um, like, try to get out of it. Uh Especially because he was making an effort. But, I mean, let's go back to the part where she said tells Anthony she's super happy in her relationship now. I'm like, since when? I mean, because the guy like attempted or at least said he wanted to do the dishes and he fed the baby. Now all of a sudden things are good. Well, in this whole time, they're like at this playground or whatever meeting Anthony. It seems like he was watching the baby. Yeah. Right. And so. I don't know, which is, but yeah, it seems like, well, I'm super happy. It's like, you're not, we, we, the whole season has been about how you're not super happy in this relationship. Right. And right. that's what you're leading with is up. And it would be, it would make sense if she told that, say, to Anthony, mm-hmm. right? To be like, just so he was like, no, 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 let's back it up. Yeah. Yeah. Like back off. Yeah. Yeah. But like to tell us that, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. And no. then, yeah. And then I just, I didn't like, it was just super hypocritical. Literally, she was like, Oh, I want you to make more of an effort to for our intimacy, and he does, and she's just like, eh, I'm tired, and like, not even like, oh, babe, I really appreciate this. This is so nice, and not like that, right? It was this, literally the same way he rejected her, and right. got really, really defensive when he called her out on it. Yeah, well, I have a feeling that has to do with like uh, the guilt. The guilt yeah. has made it more where she's like, I feel really weird, like sleeping with my husband when I feel really guilty because I met up with my ex like the same day, you know. And so I'm sure there might be some psychological things with that, especially if she wasn't like admitting to us, but maybe felt like something for when she saw Anthony. Right. Yeah. Because I will mm-hmm. say this. After meeting Anthony, I was like, dude, this guy has so much more personality with Sh- uh, than Sean. How in the oh. world did she end up with like a meatloaf like Sean? Yes, he is 100 percent a much more engaging person. And like, right. well, I mean, and which is easy because it involves just having a personality. Right. Like instead of just being a good yeah. that yeah. Sean is like. Uh, it, I don't know, except unless he's eating candy or something. I don't know. That was weird. I'm going to eat the candy. Hmm. Yeah. It, yeah. It was – I was like, this guy is just so much more interesting. Like, I, I don't know. It, and just even how he interacted with Abby. But, okay, Abby's like seven, right? She's yeah. not little, little. Like, right. he, she probably knows mommy doesn't have a bunch of random special friends. Why is she meeting this dude? Yes, I feel like my my kids, they're older than that now. Yeah. But, but yes, they would be like, okay, like randoms. I mean, yes. And especially if they were married, like usually the my, mommy's special friend is like, this is my boyfriend, right? This is, right. Oh, I'm not going to introduce you as my boyfriend yet. But they would get the idea that 
this is mom's new boyfriend. Okay. But yeah, to meet it now is, is weird. And like to have him be like, he's going to immediately just start playing with you. It's, it's, right. That would yeah. be the weird part to me. Like it would be one thing if you're like, oh, hey, we're going on a play date. My friend's going to be there. The three of us are going to play together. Right. Mm-hmm. I feel like a seven year old would maybe be a little less suspicious about that scenario. But I feel like a seven year old would have kind of the like maybe thought like, oh, why is he only playing with me? Right. So why right. is it just us? Like, who is this guy? And not to say that she would immediately jump to this must be my father. But, you know, she would probably be like, she, yeah, who is this guy? Yeah, Mom, I have questions. Like, why? <laughs> why are we meeting this guy? Who is it again? Questions. <laughs> yes. You have some other things. Why are we not telling Sean about it? Like, yeah, those are. Those are those are things I feel like they would follow up on. Yeah, Because, I mean, I think when you have younger, younger kids, yes, they're a little bit more naive. They think everybody just wants to play with them. Right. So it's yes, like they sure. wouldn't have that thought. But seven, I feel like you're out of that. Yeah. I thought, yeah, seven or eight, yeah. Four or five. If you were like, yeah, four or five year old, they're like, whatever. Somebody's playing with me. I do yeah, not care beyond that. They wants wanted to, to play, play with, me. with me. Everybody always wants to play with me. Right. So yes, you I, don't I, should, even I can question. just ask to play with anybody for sure. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay, uh, let's move on to Justine and Michael. So one of Michael's four children, uh, Mike Jr. or Little Mike, is coming to live with Justine and Michael since he's been struggling at home and everyone feels like living with his dad is just the best for him. Justine is taking all the kids to coffee. She checks in with Little Michael and he says that school is going well and he's making friends. Big Mike shows up wearing matching camel pants with Justine and Justine mm-hmm. immediately asks him if he got permission to go to Vegas. And he tries to punk her by not telling her if it's an approval or denial, but hands her a paper. It's an approval. So Michael calls his sister Anne because they need someone to watch the kids for a week while Justine and him go to Vegas. Justine addresses the drama they had before when, you know, her uh, Mike's mom and Justine kind of got into it and Anne tried to stick up for uh, her mom. And she says that she thinks this is a step in the right direction and hesitantly agrees. After Michael gets a call from Mocha, so they talk about the Vegas trip. Mocha is excited, but was hoping that Michael would be showing up to Vegas by himself. Mocha says that I guess it's all right if Justine goes, if, you know, Mike just takes off the ring when they're doing business. Michael is noncommittal in a response about, you know, taking off the ring, but tells us that his ring is his precious. Michael tells Justine how Mocha is telling him to ditch the ring as Justine is giving a stink face. Justine says that she's going because she wants to check out places and schools and Mocha can't ban her from Vegas. Michael says that he just wants them to have a good trip. Justine tells Kylie, her daughter, that she doesn't know if Anne knows she's pregnant, but it's Michael's relationship with his family, so she's going to stay out of it. Anne tells us that the relationship between her and Justine is 50-50. They're not quite good, but they're both obviously trying. She just thinks it'll take some time. Anne asks Justine when she arrives uh, if taking care of the kids was her idea. And Justine said it was Michael's idea, but she was wholeheartedly on board because it would be great for the kids to get some one-on-one time with their aunt. Michael says before him and Justine leave, he has a surprise for Anne. So she's nervous about a surprise because last time he had a surprise, it was that he was getting married. 
He takes her to a jewelry store because he tells her that he wants to repropose to Justine in Vegas. Anne knows that Justine is pregnant and asks if that's the reason why, even though Michael didn't offer that up as a reason. Anne says she figured it out because Justine has a belly and she was talking about her cravings. Anne thinks that this pregnancy was fast and another baby will just complicate things. Anne thinks it's sad for Michael's kids because she doesn't want his kids to feel cheated out of having that experience with having him around. Michael talks about how uh, their mom wanted to do a DNA test. Michael ends up spending about $5,000 on a ring while Anne reminds him he needs to be smart with his money considering they already have seven kids with another one on the way. Michael and Justine have a shared account, so he's kind of mentally trying to figure out how he's going to hide this from Justine so he doesn't, uh, she doesn't find out about uh, this big payment on a ring before their trip. All right, so what do you think about, you know, what Anne says about them having another child, like her concerns? I mean, I think they're kind of pointless. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, don't you think that's kind of fast? Okay, let's stop the baby from coming now. That yeah. You're right. That was too fast. Like, yeah. like the, it, the horse is out of the barn, man. Like, let we, so... It's one of those things that at this point, since they can't go back and change what they've done or change right. their decision, just keep your mouth shut. There's no reason. Nobody needs that that opinion. Yeah. Like, I think this thing you've already done was a mistake. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> like, and so I, I don't I don't quite get why she felt she needed to, that needed to be heard from her. Well, some of the things that she didn't say to Michael to his face was about how she felt bad for his kids, right? And she kind of yeah. cried on camera. You know, and her uh, wife, Carmen, was there, too, and kind of agreed. Um, I think it's a good step in the right direction that one of Michael's kids is coming to live with them because it shows that he is there if his kids need him. And it sounds like one of his kids needs him. Now, I think what is going to be a challenge is if all four kids are going to need him because, you know, right now they have four kids that are in the house. Now, Kylie Mm -hmm. probably won't be there in another year or so because she's going to be off at college. But, you know, you're just replacing one with another because there's going to be a baby. But it's still four kids in one household. And to add another three, you know, just to be there for the kids now, it's it's a lot. Well, it's definitely going to be a lot if those kids are going to have to be shuttling back and forth all the way to Vegas. Yeah. Right. That that that's another thing about this big move or whatever they're going is like that's a long way to have your things going. That's a big difference. Like it's always hard to. You know, adjust to having, oh, I get because Michael Jr. has got to go to a new school, right? Mm-hmm. And, and all, all these kind of things. Going to a new school in a whole other state seems like even a bigger adjustment. I guess this is still a whole other state, right? He was in Rhode Island. Yeah. And now he's in Pennsylvania. Well, this but is so, the thing that I don't understand, too, is they were kind of making it sound like he was waiting for approval from his P.O., to get permission to move out of state. But that's not what this was, right? It was like a visitor pass. So that was just for the trip for them to go to Vegas. So that's all good and fine that they go to Vegas, scope out some things. But that doesn't mean that he's getting approved to be able to move out there, 
right? Did, was I misunderstanding right. that's what that? It did, that's what it, it didn't sound like that to me. Yeah. I mean, it sounded like they were definitely talking about a visit this time. Mm-hmm. And it said like permission to leave a state to visit. So I guess this would just be like you said, a scope out trip. But we don't know what it would take or when he could possibly move to Vegas. Because, yeah. I mean, it's going to be tough to check in with your P.O., you know, if you allowed to leave the state, if, if they're still in PA, they have to get the parole transferred to Nevada. Yeah. Which I, cause I don't know how that works. Cause it, you know, I'm sure even as a pro parole or probation goes on, you still have to check in like once every other month or once a month or something like that. Sure. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, you can't do that from, well, you should, I guess you could, that would be an enormous expense. I, to buy plane tickets back and forth every month to spend a day a weekend going back to check in in pennsylvania so i don't and i don't know how long they have to hold it before they do that but it just it just seems like they're really concerned about this move that i'm not sure he has permission to even do right it's so weird yeah yeah definitely um okay so what do you think about mocha and uh trying to sell michael as a single man I, uh, okay, whatever. What's he going to do out there? And, and like people are going to be – it just – it's so weird. It just doesn't – it doesn't scan to me that if he's out there doing demos or, you know, trying to lock things down or whatever, that they're going to be like, hmm, man, your, your your flow is great. We really like the way you sounded. But I noticed on your left hand you have right. a ring. You're out. <laughs> yeah. Like, you yeah, know? It doesn't make any sense either because it's like – I think he was trying to give off the vibe like, oh, you're single or at least make it ambiguous, right? For the female mm-hmm. fan base is what it really kind of seems like. Which I don't know. Motivation. It doesn't even seem like he's going for a female fan base based on what his music is. Mm-hmm. It's not really female centered music. And it's like, OK, but if, if you're going to be selling – um you could be selling music, a lot of albums, a lot of hit songs, whatever. Like uh, the the amount of people who buy the music because they're really into the idea of being in a relationship with you yeah. or because you're available is a very, very small fraction of the people that are going to buy your music. Right. Right. So I'm and just so – yeah. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Now, it also doesn't make any sense to me what this ring is about. Like they're married already? Right. I think she has a nice ring on, too. It's not like it's nothing. So what exactly is he proposing? I don't know. <laughs> That's a good question. Right. I don't know. I guess. Right. So. Well, OK. I think this is what it is. Right. So it's that I do think there's always that, oh, you guys are engaged or, oh, you guys are married. You know, every once in a while it comes up like, oh, how did he propose? Right. And everybody has like this fun little proposal story or in an ideal world, people think that that's how it is. So I think maybe he just wants to kind of recreate a memory for Justine where they have kind of this cutesy proposal so she can tell that proposal as opposed to. Oh, he just mentioned it in passing on a video call when he was in prison. Right, right, because that's the real story. I, I guess, I guess I just don't. But it was like, but it, but it seems like when I told the cutesy story, it would be like, when did that come up? A year after we'd been married. Like, <laughs> I don't think people would like dive that much into it. But I feel I like I'm having consider, that experience I would, I would, right I now. Be, 
that would be constitutionally inca- incapable of considering a ring that was delivered to me after we were married <laughs> as a proposal. I would not. That just that's not how that works. Like it's 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 like if I threw a graduation party for myself after this after this June, like. I graduated a long time ago. I can't say that graduation, it doesn't make, it just, it just, I could not consider it. I, I, I just couldn't make Sometimes it happen. Sometimes people do it for like uh, others. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't even mean Michael doing this for Justine, but like for others, like for show, right? So you want a yeah. bigger ring. You want a nicer story, you know? So it's, it's just for show. I don't know. It, it's 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 very well. You are not me. a showy person, so that is part yes. of the problem. That is part of the problem. Yeah. I, I am not. I am not a showy person. All right. So let's go on to. Oh man, biggest uh, biggest idiot of the of the week. Um, yeah, yeah, maybe not. Right. Maybe not class dunce, but right, right, idiot at least. All right. So it goes to Chance and Taylor. So Chance and Taylor are on their way to see a financial planner. Uh, which Chance thinks is a waste of time. I mean, he could right now while they're doing this, instead of doing this, he could be power washing a driveway, God. making money. That would be better than financial planner. So um, anyway, before the meeting, Chance tells us that Taylor doesn't know how much money he's been spending and is kind of stupidly hoping that they can actually have a conversation with a financial planner with um, how much money he spends not coming up because he prefers a don't ask, don't tell policy. God. So anyway, so. The meeting starts and Taylor's biggest concern is that he's spending money he doesn't need to spend, which gives us a flashback of all of the dumb things that he's spent money on. Well, not even all of them. Many of the dumb things he's spent money on, like his truck and the power washer and the baby, like, what was it? What's it called? The um, uh, gender reveal party. Oh, gosh. <laughs> the like jacket that. and the, um, yeah, the yeah, yeah, sky yeah. rider or whatever. <laughs> Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but Stephanie, who is the financial planner, says, well, you know, let's back up. Let's talk about income and let's talk about debts. So we get Chance talking about how much money he makes and what a, what all of his credits are. And he goes through all the seven credit cards and goes through the limits of all of them. And Taylor's like, bullshit. <clears throat> so I think she thinks there's more credit cards out there. So he also talks to the direct loans he has from the bank. And altogether, uh, they come to about $34,000 in debt, which Stephanie keeps saying is a tipping point, which I think is financial planners speak of, you're in bad shape, but you really could get worse if you keep doing this. Yeah. Um, so Taylor doesn't understand why would, why this is happening because, yes, the debt and fine and then the payments on the debt is, is, is all good, but she's confused as to why with the money they make and the money they have to pay to service the debt – why are they still like two months behind on water? Why are they two months behind on mortgage? That just doesn't add up. But Chance is like, I don't know what to tell you. It's all on paper right there. <laughs> but Stephanie is says, um, no, I am looking at the paper and you should have enough money to pay your mortgage. <laughs> um, what did she say? You should not have revolving balances. So where else could you be spending his money? And Chance kind of starts to – with some dumb excuses. Well, you know, I, I buy uh, like two, two, four sodas and uh, then they have breakfast sandwiches for and then lunch and then uh, cigarettes. Oh, and also um, I go to the casino and gamble my paycheck away. Um, but don't get mad. Don't get mad. But 
he gambles all the money. Well, let's also how he gambles is by leaving work early. <laughs> yes. So sometimes just because of the st- all the stress, because of all the stress, he leaves work early, goes to the casino and only intends to bet $200. But then after he loses that, he goes to get more. So he goes to get more to another $200 so he can win it back. So not only is he leaving work early – gambling more money than he can afford he's still chasing his losses which is like God. the number one rule about gambling is don't chase your losses wow uh, but it's just one 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 good spin and he could win it all back so he's got to keep going oh my gosh. so he says it's not uncommon for him to blow 700 dollars in one day so taylor is understandably mad and um about this and now her instinct is to see like oh well that's like she says she's mad, and he's like, "See, this is why I can't tell you things. This is what I get. You get mad every time I tell oh, you anything." Stupid! Like, I hate that. Oh my god! <laughs> it's like, yes, I do get mad every time I realize you've blown thousands of dollars on nothing. Right. Um, so Chance says he's been using the casino. Literally describes being addicted to the casino. He's like, I just need a, uh, a break from the world, and I just I have to go do it to relieve. It's it, it's bad. He does it to cope with stress. So anyway. On top, but like we said, on top of that, that means that he's been lying to Taylor about how much overtime he's been getting because instead of actually being at overtime, which is time and a half, he's at a casino. So she's really not happy about the situation and now isn't sure about what other secrets he's keeping. So in the ride home, Taylor is too mad to even talk to him. And now that she has her suspicions of, she has her suspicions about what else he might be hiding. So she waits until he's in the shower and uh, and grabs his phone to go through it. She finds some ads. It was – they look like spam ads for adult websites yeah. um, and got really concerned about that. Um, but then she's like, well, could she be messaging this? So goes to his outgoing messages and sees a lot of messages to work Jess. Like that was what their contact was, work Jess, including an outgoing picture that has since been deleted. So – this to her like seals the deal. She's cheating with work, Jess. And uh, the solution to this problem is to take a bunch of his shirts into the backyard and burn them. Uh, just set them on fire in the yeah. fire pit. Uh, also, she's going to come back into the house and cuss at him and like add his like protein shake supplements on, <laughs> into the deodorant. fire. <laughs> yeah. So – he comes out and is like, what the hell is going on? Tells the camera crew to go away and then tells Taylor she has to sleep in the garage. So I was with Taylor until a certain point here. <laughs> I mean, I get that that is illegal to just burn someone's stuff, but I'm for it. <laughs> it's just like, okay. And it was, the thing was, I guess the part where she lost me was by like, why is he sending messages to this person from work? And I was like, because they work together? Like, there's a no. lot of innocent okay. reasons so you send messages to people at work. I think what she is suspicious of is he is clearly, clearly trying to cover his tracks. Um, because it's because the messages are deleted. Yes, the messages are deleted because how she found out he was even messaging this person in the first place is that she... After finding these weird ads, uh, she went onto their cell phone bill. She looked at what the activity was coming from that number. She saw that there was a lot of back and forth text messages from this person, but 
there was nothing to be found in his actual messages. And I think we had another situation where we had something like that as well, but the person was deleting everyone's messages. So it was just one of those things where they just didn't want to have... Yeah, some people have like that set up so everything... Right. So like just like every 30 days or whatever, like all the messages get erased. Right. But clearly not the case with Chance. And so, yeah, I would be super... Uh, you know, suspicious as well. I think that it was compounded with the fact that she has told us she has a history of being cheated on. She's never had anyone be faithful to her. She already has found out all the lies that he's been telling her. You know, it's so sad that he... Uh, like they had to go to a financial planner in order for her to learn about what he's actually spending his money on. She was super pissed about the casino, but probably even more pissed about the fact that he's skipping out on work early because she even said one of the bigger issues is she's been feeling really lonely. And how can she have an argument about, oh, you should spend more time at home with me when you know, he claims to be working. Overtime. Right. Like he was supposed to be getting time and a half for that. And then it ends up that he's not even working. And so she's just like, he's doing whatever the hell he wants. I'm depressed. Um, You know, he's been lying to me about where he is, about what he's doing. And so it's easy for you to believe a story that may or may not be true. And I think that's where... You're kind of like, okay, you lost me at you're assuming too much, right? But super easy to believe that story if you already have done all these other bad things. And even to me, and this is why I'm kind of like, yeah, pro Taylor, uh, is, you know, I get that, you know, maybe he's innocent in this one thing. But all the other shit he did, I think that's clothes were burning worthy. (laughs) Well, I don't know. It just seems like, you know, she does all that. And like up until then, I feel like you were in the right. Like you had everything going on. And it's just like she's not like wrong. Yeah. But like it makes her seem like the bad guy or at least gives somebody cover to act like she's the bad guy. Yeah. And, like, I just don't think that's the kind of thing that you want to do right there. Like, you want to make sure of it, uh, you know, no matter who. Because, I mean, he's going to go around and be like, this crazy woman burning my clothes. Yeah, well, I th- I think it's justifiably crazy. I mean, she's also pregnant, right? Like, I'm sure she feels trapped in this situation. I am not saying that what she did is right. I'm just saying, like, I get it. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, I just, I, you know, she should have left him, right? That would have been the easiest thing to do. She should have just left him. But uh, just the reason why is because I can see this escalating, right? This is a guy who has loose morals. I'll just put it out there and say that. So it's like, yeah, you burned his shit, but what is he going to do in retaliation? I mean, at the moment, it's really just you're sleeping in the car, which, you know, that is pretty funny because she owns the house. And she right, said it's her that. house. That, that She's was just like, like, haha, nice try. I own the house, dumbass. But yeah. You know, it's like it is. It's like, well, now you're going to have to get the police involved because, you know, it's it's going to it's going to escalate. You know. Yeah, I just thought it was I just thought it was funny because you had when you watched this before I did, um, you had texted me about him being dumb, and I was like, just she was like, imagine the dumbest thing you could do with the money, like that oh you just, guessed just, it just in your so first dumb. try. 
Yeah, well, I didn't even guess it. You know what I did? I turned to my 14-year-old like, hey, what's a dumb way you can waste your money? And she was like, I don't know, gambling? <laughs> like, there you go. Like, yeah. all right, thanks. And like her second guess, by the way, was crypto. Yes. That was the yes. second one. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, I feel like Chance probably, if he had enough money, he would. He would absolutely be into crypto. Right. Because 100%. Yeah, because something like that is kind of like a form of gambling, right? So I feel like it... Definitely draws in the same kind of people who feel like, oh, I can make my money back, you know, by uh, except for they probably wouldn't see it as gambling because they'd be like, oh, no, this is a sure thing. Like if I invest in crypto, for sure, you can't lose. You can't. This is definitely with you. There's no way. I mean, there's no way that everybody knows that this is going to put everybody. It's not gambling. It's investing. Yeah, this is the same person that, that tells me that, you know. Obviously, red is due and it's going to it's going to hit next. So you should just bet on red. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, goodness. Yes. Uh, I didn't think that chance could get any dumber, but Mm. I was proven wrong. Right. All right. So uh, out of the group uh, we have seen this week and we actually saw all of our couples that we've seen, except for we're still waiting on a possible Brittany Marcelino situation oh we didn't see yes, puppy and we, amber this week either and we did i did see in the preview for next week i think it had uh Brittany and marcelino so okay, i think we're so getting them next week coming soon yeah. all right out of the group we saw this week who was your student of the week uh i went with cameron i did too um, i just he was he was good good with the kid yeah good with handling the weird aggressive friend that's like i will end you but <laughs> you know uh, and yeah yeah. His comment about, well, I'm married now, so I better get used to it, I think is better because it's showing that he can't keep living his life in a way that single people do and that he does need to compromise. So I'm like, good yes. for you. You get that you're in a partnership and you can't just do you can't just not have your life change. Right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, what about your dunce? Uh, I went with Sarah just for. Like literally doing everything that she yells at Sean for doing mm-hmm. and was disappointed at Sean for doing. And she went out, who are you talking to other women? Are you talking to your exes? Or like we had the whole thing like last time about him talking to Destiny. You're talking to Kelly too much. You're talking to your exes and, you, and you're trying to hide it from me. Yeah, that's what you're doing. You're talking yeah. to your ex and trying to hide it from him. Yeah. When did he make an effort to try to, you know, do something romantic and you just blew him off? Like you literally yelled at him about that that whole earlier in the season. So just for, you know, hip, hypocrisy, I'm taking Sarah. Right. I actually went with Blaine. Um, it's just like, why are you going to let your partner sweat? Like a big deal. This isn't like something that's like, oh, I, you know, we have to pay a parking fine or something like, Mm -hmm. oh, I'll figure Mm -hmm. it out. Trust me to, you know, get my shit together. It's like, no, this is a large amount of money with serious consequences that affect your freedom. So why are you going to let her stress about that? Like sweat that. That doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. 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 Which leads me to my life lesson. So I and it goes to Blaine and, you know, uh, Chance has also pulled this shit in the past, too. But a surprise is not something you withhold because you are avoiding having a discussion, feedback Mm -hmm. (laughs) or fight about about whatever it is. Yeah, I mean, totally true. Um, I guess mine is my advice is more like um don't set up a inflatable electric oh, God. 
device without clearly didn't use GFCI plugs. Oh God, no! Right? Had had it surrounded by open flames. Yeah. It just seemed like that whole hot tub setup in the living room seemed just like a huge safety hazard. Oh my gosh! Like I don't know if they own or whatever. Like that's something your insurance is like big no no. Like if you have homeowners insurance, if you have renters insurance, they're not trying to yes. have you have a water bed or a hot tub. You know, without oh, clearing it with them first in the thing, like, and I know it's got to be, it's got to heat the water, so it's got to pull a ton of electricity. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, and just, and yeah, and and water-based electricity in your living room, like next to the furniture, it was just like this is an awful idea. What a terrible right. idea. Yeah, yeah, so dumb. All right, uh, so we will be back uh, this time next week with hopefully a new old couple, Brittany and Marcelino. Mm-hmm. So until then. All right, see everybody then. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. <laughs>